You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. I am your host, T Mac, and I'm joined by my co host, Cookie Manster. It is I. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. And um, actually, no. Today is all about what we say. I am blessed. That is what I am. Blessed in and highly favored. I always wanted this. <laughs> <laughs> not too shabby. Oh, I'm blessed. And we have PC in the building. If you're no stranger to the show, you should know who he is. But if you are, it's Pastor Craig. How are you, sir? Hello, everybody. I'm excited. I speak a good meeting into existence. Yeah. Today's going to be good. Man. Nice okay. one. <laughs> Cookie Vanster, take it yeah, away. So, I think, you know, so our episode today <clears throat> is the whole idea of speaking things into existence. So, we're going to elab- elaborate on that a bit more. But basically, what it is is that, you know, <clears throat> Many of us, especially those of us who've, who attend Pentecostal churches, because I know this is where it is quite common, you know, there's this belief that you can speak things into existence, right? uh, positive confessions and all of this sort of stuff. And uh, you often hear people say, you know, you, you say something negative, somebody will say, no, you know, don't, don't say that. You're, you're speaking something into the atmosphere or whatever lingo that we use. And so today we're going to be talking about that uh, because there are, there's, there's another camp, if I can call it that, of people who actually believe, Christians, who believe that, you know, that that is not really correct theologically or doctrinally, that um, you can't really speak things into existence. There's also an aspect of it that's been uh, mixed up or mingled with the whole new age philosophy i think there's a bit of that as well maybe that's why some people tend to shy away from that but we want to talk about that today to say what does scripture actually say what is the truth because there are many references in scripture where jesus seems to be speaking things into being uh but you know then the question is how does that apply to us and where we are today and so yeah we're going to be having this discussion of course pc is going to be helping us get into that so yeah let's take it away people right 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 so i guess the first the premise of the whole thing is that words have power right so can we all agree on that cookie monster <laughs> <laughs> yep words do have power both negative and positive um and i think uh, most people agree on that part but the whole part of you being able to say something and then it manifests, even that word manifests, um, is what is perhaps a little bit contentious. But as I understand it, PC, we're not just talking about just speaking Jero. You're just not going to be like, I speak this piano into existence. We're talking about speaking the word of God, right? I would say so. I would uh, uh, try to probably qualify my words and just say yeah it's all in the context i believe mm. of what god has said yeah yeah mm-hmm. but it's not like you'll always find a scripture for everything it, like word for word <laughs> that's why mm. we take it back to where jesus like who was saying um there's instances where he infers that you can 
say something and it will be done unto you. So he says, speak to the mountain and tell it to be cast into the sea and, you know, it will happen. So people have now taken that to mean I should name my mountain, this thing, this problem, this whatever I want to be moved out of my way. And if I speak it out and I, you know, have faith and belief that it will be done. So is that incorrect? Uh, I, w- I wouldn't actually say that is incorrect. I mean, if you if you go back to that particular um, scripture, Mark chapter 11, Jesus yeah. is very deliberate about um, the point he brings out in that particular verse. Mm. The context being that um, he comes to a fig tree without uh, figs. Yes, out actually, of that was season. an instance where he spoke and it's actually brought death. Yes. <laughs> Not even Absolutely. life. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, it's an interesting story because that fig tree did not have figs out of season. Mm. But he was disappointed with it mm. and he spoke to it. And um, they come back later and to discover that the tree has dried up from the roots mm. to which the disciples, I think it's Peter, uh, says that the fig tree that you cursed you know and then he uses that as a as a as a teaching moment yeah to say have faith in god mm. others like to say have the faith of god um if you can say to a mountain move from where you are go into the sea or go to the next place and you do not doubt do in not your doubt. heart yes. you will have whatsoever things that you say mm-hmm say so you see so according to that particular verse right you can apply your tongue to specific things and those things can follow the instruction or the dictates of whatever it is that you've said Mm -hmm. now like any scripture i want to be quick uh, to probably wrap that around um firstly the context of what he was talking about and then the biblical revelation or the bible as a whole yeah. yeah so he starts by saying have faith in god mm-hmm. so to then say you can speak to things i think it would be safe to speak in the context of faith mm-hmm. and faith um has certain aspects to it that obviously in a sense gives bounds to what we can say uh, and it happens and what we can't say and it 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 cannot happen mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that would be my point of departure there. To say, so according to Mark chapter 11, yeah, you can speak to a mountain, right? And you can tell it to move whatever you, you say. That's what he says, actually. Mm-hmm. He says whatever, he can have whatever he says. But remember, he's talking in the context of what? Faith. And we also look at things vis-a-vis the Bible and what God has shown us to be true about his word. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if I'm to stand up and say, I want to speak that God dies. Well, already yeah. you're breaking a number of uh, principles concepts and um and dictates of scripture already that kind of a thing yeah so all right all right um so within the context of faith the question now becomes here there's the whole movement the whole name it claim it blab it grab it you know there's a lot of people who who I, I'll be honest, I think I, I was part of that whole 
thing uh, uh, several years ago where I actually used to believe that you know you just you can just speak things into existence. And then the Maserati failed to come. Then the Maserati didn't come. <laughs> For me, it was the Aston Martin actually that that, that, that I wanted to come, and, and it didn't come. You know, you should have started with the Vitz. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I, I went back to a Vitz. <laughs> so, so the thing is, um, do we? Where where do people miss it? And let, let me let me. Um, bring my point home here where people there's this belief that you can speak things and, and there's lingo that we use in the church mm-hmm. lingo like declare it mm-hmm. right decree it mm. stuff like this and you hear pe- somebody's praying i declare i decree i declare i and i'll be honest there, there are moments and maybe it's, it's just me overthinking there are moments that i stop and i'm like but aren't those terms specific terms and and those terms that are um legal terms or terms that have certain meanings significant meanings are, are those terms that we can just use and throw around willy-nilly and secondly um is it really true that one can really just speak things into into existence Be- because i've seen many people speak things and nothing came into existence. So, yeah, I, I think if we can just take the discussion from... Let me go back to, to the issue of faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay, let me also just draw back a bit as well. There's something I teach and it regards the limits we put in life. All right. Or the limits that may stop us from getting to whatever level in life. Mm-hmm. So I say that um, the limits that are on our lives, number one, as far as I'm concerned, is what God has said. You can never, your life can never rise above what God has said. Right. So whatever God has said over you, whether you want to look at the Bible or whether you want maybe to be more specific and say prophetically what God has said, it's impossible to rise above the word of God over your life. Right. Generally, it's impossible to rise above the level of your thoughts. Right? Mm-hmm. So nobody can, can get higher yeah, than sense. what they have thought. Mm-hmm. Right, it's impossible to go above the level of your speech. Right, so you desire to do certain things, but your speech is contrary to the very things that you desire to do. Your speech can become a limit, and then uh, it's also impossible to go above the level of what I would say your work or your deeds. So these are all things that are that are interlinking, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So now we come to issues of declaring and, and, and speaking things. Now, just from the template I've given, all right, it's generally impossible to declare something that's above God's word, right? right? right. For instance, um, reversal of time. I declare that we are going back to 1945, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. There are certain principles that are set by God that are impossible to what? To change to move and um, and to shift. Mm-hmm. I declare that there's not going to be judgment of believers. I declare an end to, hev- to heaven and hell as a concept. For example, I'm just throwing these as very loose examples yeah. to say that these are things set in, if you want stone, that nothing can change. Correct? Correct. Let's come to issues regarding our lives now. What are the things that the word of God has made provision for 
within our lives. It is those things that our own words must be very good at corresponding with. Mm -hmm. So for instance, God's word has made provision for healing for his children, mm -hmm. right? By his stripes, We're healed. we healed. Mm -hmm. He sent forth his word nice. and healed us, right? If we hearken to his word, that's Proverbs 4, right? If we listen carefully to these words, they are going to be healing to our flesh, yeah. right? That's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So my confession now must be in keeping with what the word says. Right. Is that okay? So now if I speak like that, I'm going to experience what the word says because I am speaking in the context of what God has already made provision for. So in a sense, there I am speaking things into being. So now remember uh, Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. It actually says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Not in the power of the mind, not in the power of your work ethic. Mm -hmm. It already shows us that this thing called the tongue has a certain unique ability to affect things. Can we just can we just camp? Sorry, sorry to, mm? to um, interrupt you. There. It's okay. Can we just camp here for a bit? Because mm. that scripture, that Proverbs eighteen twenty one, right? Uh -huh. What does it actually mean? Because I, you know, I I think it's quoted a lot, mm -hmm. and I think it would be good for us just to mm -hmm. to break it down so that we actually understand what the Bible is telling us there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what is my interpretation of it is whatever you speak uh, tends to play itself out. You know how people say in the world self-fulfilling prophecies? Yeah. You know, in the world, and I, I, I tend to notice it's not necessarily from a religious or a theological perspective, at least we have heard it, mm. you know, that you know some of these things are self-fulfilling prophecies. Today is going to be a bad day. You see, there's no way I'm going to get that job. That's a person. And, and when I, I've normally heard people say this, they normally say, don't say things like that because some of these are self-fulfilling prophecies. Mm -hmm. I, come, I bring it back into the word to say when the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue, what it's basically telling us is that the tongue has got an ability by what it says to either produce very good results for us or very contrary and undesirable results for us, mm -hmm. right? By, by, by mere effect of what we say. And in a sense, it's actually teaching us to be very um, deliberate about what we say. In fact, uh, let me also say this. I normally say that believers don't have freedom of speech. <laughs> hey, I, I, I normally preach this and say, believers, we don't have freedom of speech. I actually dare say everybody mm -hmm. doesn't have freedom of speech. Why? Uh -huh. uh, because Jesus in Matthew actually tells us that we are actually going to give an account for every idle word, idle word reckless word, or words we say it without thinking. Sure. You see, we're actually going to come back and revisit the words that we said. Why is that statement from Jesus very important? I, I, I guess it shows us the power that's in this thing called our tongue and every time we release words. Okay, so the responsible believer never just talks. He understands that his, his words are very weighty. And we know this as well, even from a relational perspective. Mm -hmm. I always give the example of um, a, a, a person on the street saying to my wife, you're ugly, right? And then I, my, husband, uh, my wife's husband, myself, I say the very same words to my wife, you're ugly. The effect of those words tends to be different because of who said it. But the point is this, words can have a very profound effect 
on somebody. This is why we also teach parents don't speak negatively to your to your kids, right? It has an effect on their psyche and um, how they grow up and so forth. So, from a from a from a very a basic level, it, it's not it's undeniable whether you are of the faith or not that words have a profound inf- effect. Even in history, words have started wars, have ruined companies, have ruined relationships, and have done all sorts of things. In fact, words can get you sued. That alone can just show us that this thing called a tongue has got a certain effect. Now, when we bring it now into our understanding of um, of what Scripture says, and then when we look from Genesis all the way to Revelation, we then begin to see people at different stages in history, um, uh, what can I say, deploying their words into circumstances which went a certain way because of what they said. Second Kings chapter 1. The man of God gives a prophetic word. Tomorrow, this time, there's going to be a what? A famine. And then the man upon whose uh, arm the king leaned, he says, even if God should open the windows of heaven, he said, how shall this be so? To which he got a response, guess what? For that clever response, (laughs) you're going to see it, but you're not going to eat it. So he disqualified himself by his words. In a sense, he spoke, <laughs> he, he called things into being or he declared his own end just by responding contrary to the word. So what's the lesson there? Whatever God has said, don't you dare stand up and speak contrary to what God has said. Just from Second Kings 7 verse 1, don't let your words misalign themselves with God. Now, if I bring in King Solomon in, 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 in the book of Ecclesiastes, remember what he says? He says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Mm-hmm. And who can say to him, what are you doing? So supposing God has said something and you want to counter what God has said, just from Second Kings 7, 1, 2, and so forth, you already see that it's not wise, it's not productive, it's not life-giving for the child of God to, co- to utter something that's contrary to what, to what God has said. What did Zechariah say to be put on mute? Sorry, I'm just thinking. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's in the that's in the book of John. Yeah, yeah remember again, and for him, I, that's just grace. Uh, when the angel Gabriel comes, I mean, if Gabriel comes into your space, <laughs> you know, it's not small things that's that's about to be discussed. Yeah, and he tells him, uh, "You guys are going to have a child, mm-hmm. uh, even though you guys are old." And again, the man of God in this particular case, or the priest on duty, he was totally out of it, you know. Mm. And he began to doubt that. I, I like to put humor to that, to, to say, you know, Gabriel looked at himself and said, what? Do you know where I where always perch and spend time with? And why spend time with? And now you're telling me I'm playing with you, so let me mute you until such a time as, um, <laughs> as, as that thing happens. Mm. That's what happened there. His, his show of doubt caused him to be muted or to to not speak at all up until the fulfillment of what God had said. Mm. What's my lesson or what's my point? Whatever God has spoken, do not contradict it by your words. Mm. Let's go to another example. Mary, Mm -hmm. the angel comes telling her things that are out of this world. You, a virgin, are going to be with child. All right? That literally blew her fuses. Mm. But when she had to respond, she said, let it be to me according to your word. All right. So the believer must never contradict what God has said. So this this is the one part. Now, so, so, so on that note, it means that there are certain things that the believer can also say. Mm-hmm. 
as long as they line up with the word of God, mm-hmm. will bring a desired reality in their life. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Joel chapter 3 verse 10 for example. What does Joel 3 10 say? Well, I it don't says I've ever heard Joel quoted anywhere. Right. It says <laughs> beat your plowshares <laughs> into swords <laughs> and beat your pruning hooks mm-hmm. into, into spears. Yeah. Let the weak say, say I am strong. I am strong. That's the only one from the, you see, the rest of the book. Let the weak say I am strong. So a weak person must say that they are strong. Wait a minute, but they're weak. But listen, the weak must say I am strong. Mm-hmm. The weak must say, I'm, but you're weak. So if you say you're strong, are you not lying? Are you not? Uh, the fact is you're weak, mm-hmm. but you are saying you're not weak, you're strong. Mm-hmm. Technically, we could arrest you for lying. So already it it shows us there that from a biblical perspective, the child of God must constantly speak his desired reality in spite of his negativity which is around him. So the person that is sick, mm-hmm. their confession from Joel 3.10, we can infer that the person that's sick must declare that I am healed. healed right? The person that's weak, like Joel 3.10 says already, I am strong. strong. Let, right. Let the poor say. Let the poor say. Absolutely, actually. Yes. Even the poor person. Mm. Let him say that I am rich. Okay. So 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 already we we see that our confession must follow what God has what has said. Can I say something? Yes. Uh very interesting. I, I you know, every time you quote Joel, I always think of the Joel too. Yes. That in the last days, um yeah, anyway, so <clears throat> That that one is is a very interesting one. So, PC, could it then be that um, there's a disconnect or a misunderstanding, or maybe there's been an abuse of of this? Because many people, many times, I've seen people confessing from i think a background that is more self-centered from a background that probably lacks understanding and then when they speak these things and they don't happen or they make these declarations and they don't happen then you know then you you start asking that okay so was this a case of somebody saying declaring something but not having the faith was this a case of someone declaring stuff um, from a from a wrong place, or is it a case of you know maybe we've got it we've got it totally wrong that um, because we also have the issue of the prosperity gospel, right? If if we can just go there for a second, the whole prosperity gospel, that whole movement, um, where there's been a lot of this kind of stuff, you know, where God where where God is almost being used as a means to an end to say you know the god wants you rich god wants you to have this god wants you to have that you're a child of god you can't be poor etc etc so this is and then dovetailed with that is you've got to confess these things you've got to speak them into existence you've got to speak them into being now i'm speaking as somebody i guess somebody who's been in church circles for a long time and i think that sort of stuff really puts me off like just personally um, especially prosperity gospel type. So I think when I see all of that stuff, I'm like, okay, but guys, are we really thinking about what we're saying? Um, are we really thinking about 
why we even want the things that we want. And are we not now just using God as a means to it? And then the other thing is, are we not just taking almost like this new age drivel, all, the, all this new age belief where think positive, speak positive, is that not what we're now taking and superimposing onto our um, Christian belief and expecting to see um, things happen? Okay. <laughs> and I know I've said a lot. <laughs> no, no, I, I actually got you. Number one. Yeah. Um, I believe that a lot of these people outside of our have circles taken have taken word. what we have yeah. and put it to them. So I, I, Just I, I, I would not it. say we're taking them and into ours as far as scripture is concerned. So thinking positively, for example, the Bible, again, again, you know, I, I like to say to believers, you don't have freedom of thought. The Bible is very specific about what and how you must think. Mm-hmm. Remember, Philippians, think on these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you evil generation. This is Jesus to the Pharisees. Why do you think or why do you entertain wicked thoughts? Mm-hmm. This is Jesus speaking to Pharisees. Why do you entertain wicked thoughts? Remember. Mm-hmm. So already uh, Jesus is a way he wants you to think. Um, Jeremiah chapter one. He says, I'm a boy. God says, don't say that. Don't say that. Again, I'm coming back to. So we must be very measured. Now, James chapter 4 says something very interesting. Uh, maybe to answer where you've been talking about, aren't we using God as a, a lapdog or a remote control or a genie to say something? And it, it may somewhat answer where you're coming from. And uh, it almost goes back to some of the things I mentioned a bit. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. This is verse 2 of James, James chapter 4. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So when we talk about declaring certain realities, these are principles that guide or govern some of the things that we speak into being. So, for instance, I am going to get eight A's. This is a a, a child in school who does not study. (laughs) Right? James chapter 4 says, you say these things, but you don't get them because you're wanting to get them out of your pleasures. Right? You're, You're missing, you know, the purpose for which we are supposed to then speak. Right? If you go down to, um, in fact, it's still in the same book, actually, of James. It should be chapter 2. It says, the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works, without corresponding works, is dead. So sometimes, number one, there's, there's people who are totally speaking things that they are never going to get because it's all selfish. But if you go to James, which says faith without works is dead. So supposing, let's, let's use something that's more commonly acceptable, healing. Mm-hmm. Right. Generally, generally, we believe that if we speak healing, we'll be healed. Right. Yeah. Correct. Now, supposing I say to myself, be healed of this headache. I have spoken. But immediately after I speak that I am stressed about the headache, my works are contradicting my faith. So there are a number of times I believe where people have spoken certain things but they go on to act a totally different way. And the result is that nothing happens. 
and here I'm not just talking about the declarations as it were. We can even put in what people would say is prayer. Okay, so we ask God to help us in a certain issue. But the moment you step out of praying for that thing, like I said, you begin to worry about it. So worry, anxiety, fear, it nullifies any prayer or if you want any declaration you make. By the way, words like declare and decree for me are pure semantics. It's what they mean to the person who's speaking it and uh, what um, what value they assign to it and how it relates to whatever it is that they are dealing with. Right. right. So, so whatever is spoken must never contradict the actions that follow. And by actions here, yeah, I'm starting from attitudes, mm -hmm. right? State of thinking, state of mind. I always teach when I talk about uh, faith that um, if you believe in God for something and you are stressed about it, don't expect to get it. Because if you do believe God has done it, why aren't you at peace? Because mm. peace is an attitude of faith. So no matter how many times you can then speak a thing, if you your, your corresponding actions then. So you believe that your hand is healed, but you don't ever try to move it. Okay, you don't ever try to use it. You see, you don't ever try to then do the works of whatever it is that you've spoken. You believe that your business has prospered. Right, we're not even talking creating cars out of nothing here. Remember, in the non religious circles, people even tell you that for their business, they tell themselves certain words and so forth. I believe they, they got that truth from the word, of course, they've taken the word out of it. Mm -hmm. Right, you don't go to you don't go. I, I, I'm not sure if, um, you know, the top sports people. I was watching Ronaldo yesterday, very uh, fascinating match, uh. Euro yesterday. You, you don't see that kind of uh, superstar sports person before the biggest match of their lives telling themselves that I'm not going to score. You know what? He speaks a certain reality that he desires to see. Then he goes, he thinks it obviously, he hypes himself, and then he goes and, and he works it out. So the person who wants to prosper, say as a salesperson, <coughs> as a public speaker, as a business person, he says certain um, desirable words right in those areas he must then go and act it out you can't say i'm the best um i'm the best writer you don't write you don't work on that is and so forth so why don't people then get some of the things that they've said they're acting contrary to the very things that they've said and number two what they're saying is just out there for nothing else other than their lustful endeavors right mm. quick one mm. another question um so what happens and thank you for that thank you mm. for that i think that actually um sheds a lot of light and and brings some very important context what about in situations pc where one has believed god they've spoken they've trusted they are at peace mm -hmm. but god doesn't heal or the healing doesn't happen or the desired outcome doesn't happen um, maybe the, the question there becomes how does how does one handle that I know that's that's quite a deep question but yeah it's actually a favorite uh -huh. it's, a, it's a favorite question I like I like answering, actually. I just don't know if you want me to throw my bombs now. <laughs> or we'll still be alive or if people will listen to us again. <laughs> bring the bombs. If I was to bring it back as a question, at what stage do we conclude that God has not healed? Hmm? At what stage do we then 
put a, a marker to say that God has not healed. Right? Again, I go back to some of my preachings. I normally say stubborn problems must be followed or must be responded to by stubborn faith. So if you've prayed, if you've believed, if the word of God says it is yours and it has not yet happened, why have you stopped? Why have you stopped? Who said stop? And now you see there are lessons on a number of times here. We get from scriptures which should tell us to keep going until it happens. Right? Second Kings, sorry, not Second Kings, First Kings chapter 18 from verse 1. Very fascinating story. Because it's three and a half years later, God, God tells Elijah, go show up to Ahab, I will send rain. He doesn't even talk about fire. Right? He goes to Ahab, he calls for fire, and boom, within a second, fire comes. Now you tell me, what's easier to bring from the sky, water or fire? <laughs> right? Elijah brings fire after a prayer, one prayer, boom, fire comes. God did not talk to Elijah about fire, at least in First Kings chapter 18. He had talked about sending rain. Mm -hmm. Then he tells the people to run. I see the abundance of rain. What's interesting is Elijah starts praying for what God said I would do. Some of us might have said, God, since you said rain, do what you said, mm. right? Again, there's a lesson there, right? Uh, sometimes what God has said, we have to effect it through prayer, right? And what's interesting, remember, God said to Elijah, I will send rain. Elijah begins to pray, no rain comes. And we hear that he checked for rain seven times, implying that the man, every time he put his head, in between his knees that was a prayer action and we know that he was praying because james chapter 5 tells us that he prayed for no rain yeah. and then he prayed for rain mm -hmm. right and he only stopped praying when the cloud came what is the lesson if god has said it if god has said it you don't stop believing it until or you don't stop seeking <clears throat> for it until it has come so the moment the person said i prayed about it and then it didn't happen, says who? Okay. You see, so what, what believers then must do is they must continue until it comes, right? So you continue on your, on your confession. In fact, Hebrews talks about that a lot. It talks about the fact that we must not stop our confession, mm -hmm. right? Until it happens, you must continue, you know, having your attitudes of faith, still the same piece, right? You must continue. Um, Luke 18 he taught them a parable to show them that men ought always to pray and not give up the only time the widow in Luke 18 stopped is when she was given or rather she didn't even stop necessarily he then brought out the lesson but the point is you don't stop until it happens I bet I guess that's where we get that push that push statement so yeah. so sometimes what happens is people say I spoke I spoke I spoke nothing happened why didn't you keep speaking? You see, why didn't you keep speaking? Because the nature of faith is that it continues to hold on. Now, let me give you a very powerful example about the perpetual nature of faith until something happens. Romans chapter number four. It talks about a very interesting gentleman called Abraham. That man waited 25 years with no expiry date for a, for a, for a, for a promise. But the Bible says that, you know what? He did not weaken in faith. Mm. So it suggests that with each passing year, the intensity of his faith, according to Romans 4, actually increased. It actually increased. Now, remember, faith without works is dead. 
So if he did not weaken in faith, it means the intensity of his faith actions and faith attitude also increased. Right? He did not weaken in faith, but he what? He continued giving glory to God. And whatever it is that God had said is exactly what happened. So, so I believe sometimes that's where we get a lot of things wrong there. And I believe that's where sometimes certain things that God has promised us in his word then do not happen. It's not that God lied. It's not that uh, he never wanted people to have it. Remember, you can't contradict scripture. We must never argue. Uh, let me go back to healing because, I, like I said, it's a common one. Mm -hmm. We must never, excuse me, argue about whether God wants someone to be healed or not. He already said it. He wants us to be healed. It's a guarantee. So how do we do it? We continue to believe. Pastor, somebody died believing. Guess what? You know what Hebrews 11 says? It says these all, you know what? They actually died yeah. believing. Mm -hmm. Even to the point of death, they still were believing. And the Bible says God commended them, you know, for faith unto the very end. So that's how I believe it must then happen with even our words. Even our words which we speak. Remember, speaking in alignment with scripture, right? We continue to speak it until it happens. This is um, this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Were you answered? I'm answered. I'm answered. Ephesians four twenty nine says, "Do not let any unwholesome talk mm. come out of your mouth." Mm. Um, and then it says something else at the end. Mm. I can't quite quote scripture the way that you do, PC. Uh, and then I think there's another there's another scripture where. Um, Paul is talking about godless chatter and, and all of this sort of stuff. Mm. And maybe I just want you to speak to that, that I think, you know, the, there's moments where we also, you know, we can get carried away. Um, some, sometimes people, <laughs> you know, sometimes, okay, in fact, let me, let me ask it plainly. Where, where does one then draw the line between joking around? Right? You know, sometimes guys just joke around and say stuff, right? And sometimes it's, you know, it's just stuff that people are saying. Um, where where do we then draw the line between that and um, falling into what Paul refers to as godless chatter or unwholesome talk? Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with what Jesus says in um, in in Matthew chapter twelve. I think the the beginning of talking. I, by the way, I recommend everyone who's listening to this podcast and this particular episode read the book of Proverbs. My own um my own research or my own um, journey into the book of Proverbs has shown that one thing about wise people, they're very deliberate about their mouths. Yeah. One of the things King Solomon says, a fool's mouth, you know, brings him trouble. It always calls for beatings, you know. <laughs> Just when a fool begins to talk, he even says that, you know what, sometimes it's better to be quiet because then they'll think you're wise. Mm -hmm. You know, a fool broadcasts his folly <laughs> and the kind of thing. So, I think the first place to start for a believer when it comes to everything you say, be it a joke, be it a whatever, I would encourage you to start in Matthew chapter 12. Why? I tell you, men will give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. Wow. Let that be the base to say, okay, so what, about, what I'm about to say right now, remember, anything you say can and will be used, used against you, right? This is here on earth. Mm -hmm. uh, now, 
in heaven they even say anything you think because if you think right. if you think about it if you think about it with her in your heart you've already committed adultery ah, it's late right. <laughs> <laughs> so so i would say the very first place to just begin yeah. is to know that as a believer i'm accountable mm-hmm. for the words that i say that's number one remember talking about drawing a line yeah number two is again to go back to proverbs 18:21, to realize that my words are powerful mm. in whatever shape form that they go out they are powerful mm-hmm. all right this is going to help you to be responsible with your words right so if i know that my words are powerful whatever i am bringing out has the potential to ruin me or it has the potential to advance me number three then speak okay so then speak whatever way you want to go is it can i not be humorous can i not have jokes of course not must i always be serious Uh, be careful about being too serious because if you're too serious the day you put on a joke no one will get it (laughs) be careful about being too funny you know because the day you're serious nobody will take you seriously Mm -hmm. so there must be a balance there right i actually believe wisdom is the balance for for the words that we say mm-hmm. but if you just understand that um you know your words are, are are going to be you know coming back you're going to give an account your words are powerful it means that you're very you're very deliberate as well now you've just you 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 were quoting paul and some of the things he then says don't let unwholesome chatter come out you know godless idle idle you know idle talk come out why because i believe it disturbs the balance sometimes even of what the holy spirit is doing in you one way to nullify the holy spirit is just by saying certain things that are wrong like imagine lying swearing cussing um distasteful jokes that's one way to disturb the balance or to silence the fire of the holy spirit in inside of you Mm -hmm. so already now when the believer is aware of those things they are now very careful about how they what they use their tongue in any case remember also that the holy spirit is actually in our talking equation how jesus says when they are taking you to court for what you believe in he says don't even worry about what you're going to say the holy spirit himself will give you utterance so the holy spirit actually wants to influence (laughs) that which is coming so he can actually influence say the jokes for example why are jokes necessary because sometimes even in teaching right you can bring out something using humor right Mm -hmm. even in serious circumstances you can bring comfort using humor how about letting the holy spirit come in there right he will know exactly how to lay it down without offending or being unnecessary or 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 bland or evil as it were so so this is how i would say it how i would say to the believer the believer who is led by the spirit now you see there's a way that he speaks which is different to a person that's carnal yeah okay sure. awesome awesome my goodness i'm just thinking i think i had made i disassociated the words that i speak out of my mind out of my mouth sorry from the words that i write in texts <laughs> so i'm just thinking now of some of the things i've said on text messages yeah, anyway you've, you've sent me some pretty nasty oh things. come on <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> um pc my question what would mm. be um the the death side of this death and life in the power of the tongue mm. so there's a time when 
I don't know what was being preached, what was being said, but I actually thought that, oh, no. I had something that was being said from the pulpit made me think, oh, no, I'm not going to have children now. Because for the longest time, I used to say, I'm not a kid person. I don't want kids. I've said it for the longest time. Mm. But yep. they, <laughs> now that I want them, I'm like, go back and undo all of that talking that I was saying. Like, I was just saying it. I wasn't, it was just how I felt. So, like, for people in my position who said things, those careless things, or things that maybe you felt at the time, now you feel differently, mm. what's the solution because until you reap what you sow I've already sowed those words you, you, I, I know what you're talking about I'm sure all of us have said some things in our younger or our foolish days that we've actually seen negative things I know mm. I have right? uh, myself included right? that when I look back you're like you should never have said that mm. so already that's why I'm saying um, there should never be an argument about the power of words mm. because sometimes we have said words I'm sure their parents some of us are kids as kids, our parents used to say certain things to us, mm. which actually played itself out. So the argument about what we say manifesting, the truth of it is, it is actually not an argument. Where you're coming from, if I'm talking to a believer who's here, I would start off um, Romans chapter number 8, if you want. I could go back to David sitting with Bathsheba as well. Remember when Nathan approaches David, and David says, I have sinned. I love the words that Nathan said. He says, God has removed your sin. Mm. That was a very, very powerful statement right there. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Now that we're in Christ, what does the Bible say? It says, there's therefore now no condemnation mm. for those that are in Christ. Yeah. Walk after the spirit or in the spirit, if you want, and not after the flesh. Yeah. So it means that the believer now must begin to embrace and speak out the mind of Christ over their life. Yeah. Right? So you begin to trace back what the word says about you and then you begin to align your thoughts and your mind to what the word says. Mm. Right? So if I said certain things like I will never be good at math mm. and at a later stage in my life where I actually need math, right? I now have to go back and trace what the word of God says yeah. regarding my situation. I must not condemn myself for the foolish things I already said. Yeah. Because guess what? God doesn't. You know what I love about God, guys? This, this just amazes me. Mm. All of us, we've got family members. Some of our family members really act crazy, you know? But when somebody out there is blasting on your family members, you tend to, de to, to defend them, mm. you know, regardless of their messes, right? You might then go back home and say, Yusha, you never do these kinds of things, you know. But when, you, when you're out in the open, you shamelessly defend your person. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, God defends us even more with every accusation that the devil lays against us. Because there's this thing called the blood of Jesus that covers mm -hmm. every one of our infractions and sins. Yeah. Right? I'm saying this so that the person in Christ now is not holding back to the words that they said mm -hmm. all right or living in condemnation because as long as that attitude is there it's then difficult to receive anything good from god okay. right so find what the word of god says find what the word of god says and then begin to align your thoughts mm -hmm. and begin to align your speech to the very things that the word of god says okay. listen to what psalm chapter one says it says blessed is a man who walks not right 
in the council of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Yeah, yeah. He shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water, which gives its fruit in season, whose leaves never wither. Whatever he does sure, prospers. This is God who says, whatever he does prospers. So am I sinning against God by beginning to declare to myself that, Father, whatever I do, it prospers. I doubt I'm talking about drug dealing there, right? <laughs> okay, or stealing someone's car, yeah. all right, and things like that. So I'm just saying, you begin to align your words. Now, whether it be wanting to have kids, whether it's wanting to have academic progress, whether it's wanting to start a business, whether it's wanting to get into politics, whether it's wanting to establish a church, or maybe to, to stand up and, um, and be a public speaker. I used to always say public speaking is too difficult. Right? I better begin to say, you know what? I can do all things. Mm -hmm. Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He, he is my utterance. He gives me utterance. That kind of a thing. So go back to what the word of God. Remember, don't, don't condemn yourself, number one. Yeah. Don't condemn yourself. Because guess what? God is not even condemning you. He isn't. The sins we did in ignorance, God has overlooked. This is in the book of Acts. Romans 8 there's therefore no condemnation. Then go back into what the word of God says. If words messed it up, words can start. Now watch this now. How does the Bible begin in Genesis chapter 1? It starts with a mess. In the beninging. In the beninging, exactly. <laughs> there was a mess. Yeah. And how did God begin to sort out the mess he didn't like? He started speaking, speaking a certain way. And that's a lesson for us there. That whenever we're wanting you know, to sort out certain things, before we even put hands and feet into it, the first part of course there must be that we must begin to speak a certain way to those things. Mm. But like I said, align your mind, align, align your actions to the very things that you're what? That you're beginning. So now I've spoken that I'm going to be good in class. When, I, when I'm getting into class, I mustn't get in there gloomy, fearful, scared. Mm. I mustn't be saying bad things about the teacher, mm. right? And all things mathematic. Let me align my attitude now to what I've already said and watch what's going to happen. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. T-Mark, we speak triplets. Oh, wow. I receive. <laughs> <laughs> I receive. <laughs> no jokes, but no, this is, this is really good. You know, you know what? As, as you're speaking, PC, um, I, I think one of the things that has been missing from, from all of this, this discussion, uh, well, this topic rather, is I think there's a lot of people who've been doing stuff so yes positive confession yes speaking things declaring things but i think there's also been a lack of understanding um of the why we we do what we do why we have to do it the way that like like just the the, the way you've you've, you've brought you, you've brought it today and i you know I, I feel like maybe there are people who also feel like you know what who, who are starting to feel like you know what i don't really believe this stuff and calling it this stuff just because that's kind of where they were at but due to that lack of understanding that no it's not it's not that <laughs> it's some something that is some other funky doctrine out there or just a charismatic thing that people or just a thing that charismatic people do but that there's actually biblical truth there's biblical precedent that has been Set and I just love the way that you you you've brought um, some much needed context to that today. So um, one other thing that I want to just ask 
is you know you know how um <clears throat> the bible so the bible is very is a very interesting book right there's certain mm. things that the bible says that are like a little outrageous that you think okay so one of the things that i've i, I find like that scripture that i think it's mark is it mark 4 mm. that where, where jesus says if anyone says to this mountain uh, mark 11 that's mark 11 mm. yeah so that so you read something like that and think okay was Jesus saying we can literally speak to mountains? Was he using that as an illustration, as an example? Or was it a, a Jesus thing where, where Jesus is saying, you, you know what, you, if, if you really believe you can speak and big things will, will, will happen, whatever. I'm, I'm just wanting to understand that. There, there are some things in the Bible, even, you know, that scripture that says that uh, greater is he that is in you than he, he, he who is in the world. So, mm-hmm. in fact, no, the one that says greater things than these shall you do. Absolutely. So all of this sort of stuff. What does that mean for us as believers? How do we practically apply some of these things that, that Jesus said, um, given the context of what we're talking about today? Okay. Firstly, I would say if God has said it, when God speaks, I like what this other servant of God said. God means what he says and he says what he means. So God is not in the business of chucking jokes or funny, you know, psych things, you know. <laughs> that thing I was saying there in John three sixteen that whoever believes in me shall not perish. Guys, I was actually tripping. Mm. <laughs> that is not how God operates. Mm. So if God has said it, he means exactly what he has said. That's that's just a, a point of departure. To, so, so every promise that God has given in the scripture, God means exactly that. Right? Coming uh, to the issues of Mark, uh, contextually, when Jesus says, you can say to this mountain, he was referring to a physical mountain. Right? Now, how do we apply it in our lives now? Mm-hmm. Does it mean right now I can just move um, Mount Everest from Mount Everest to Zimbabwe, for instance? Not necessarily. Right, I believe that he's basically um, telling us that there's a lot of metaphorical mountains in life that we literally can move based on the words that we speak. Right, so certain problems that we face, the beginning of those problems to change can be the very words that we speak, and those problems can be moved. I don't know why I'm deferring to healing, possibly somebody who's sick right now, is listening to me. And I dare say this, and um, I make no apologies for that. I have instances in my own life and ministry where we've we've spoken to particular ailments, and those ailments, without any medical assistance whatsoever, have completely disappeared. Right? So I can say to this mountain, move, and this mountain will be moved. Let me also encourage some people, Christianity by nature is bound to be controversial. So there are certain things we teach, whether we like it or not, are going to inevitably offend certain people. I can give you a number, like Jesus Christ is Savior. It's bound to offend somebody, right? I can even talk marriage. That that can be another issue already. What is marriage? We must get married. That's bound to offend. So sometimes some of the things we hold to be true, even this particular aspect of uh, speaking, 
might cause offense. But I would say to the believer, regardless of what the world thinks, it doesn't negate what God has said. So when Jesus said you can speak to this mountain, you know, and the mountain can be moved and you can have whatsoever you say. Because it says you can have whatsoever you say. Do you right? Doubt. He was not playing. He was not joking. He was not putting up um, a nice uh, philosophical argument out there for us to just hold and put on stickers. He was talking about things that relate to life and the kingdom of God, which we would need in this life. And if the child of God holds that to be true and applies it in their lives, they're going to see a lot of, a lot of good things. So when God says it, child of God, believe what he has said because he doesn't play. All right. And then begin to apply it into your life. That's what I would say. Awesome. Okay. So I have a practical example. Mm. Um, because I believe like the the real power is in the word. In this instance, I mean like logos, what, what is written in the word of God. So for example, say I want to start speaking what's in the word. They, I have my car, tank is on empty, but I need to get home. Mm. There was a time, yeah, when <laughs> your church would tell you, or whatever, preachers would tell you, just speak, lay hands on the car, and speak abundance, or I don't know what exactly you're supposed to say, but something miraculous is supposed to happen, and you'll just get home. And I he- I have heard testimonies of that nature, and I'm like, wow, okay, maybe my faith is small. But in that scenario, what is one supposed to speak, for example? If a car is empty. Mm. Yeah, let's not just say car empty tank, eh? Mm. It could be a pantry that's empty, mm. right? It could be a wallet with no money. Yeah. It could be a specific situation of lack. Yes. Right? Whenever there is lack, speak supply. Mm-hmm. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. Let me not say speak. Let me use this, this word which everybody might understand. Pray for God to supply. Okay. Can we start there? Mm. Right? Supposing you want something, what does the Bible say? In the book of John, Jesus says, ask anything in my name so that your joy would be complete. He actually says, till now, you have asked for nothing in my name. I say to you, ask for anything in my name so that your joy may be what? Complete. Complete. Now, the point becomes, if I'm hearing your question properly, the point of asking to the point of how that thing manifests. Mm. How does it exactly happen? And here is where I then deferred back to God to say how God works in all of us is not going to be similar. Mm. So I know certain people without fuel, (laughs) they believed God for fuel and they spoke. Mm. And guess what? Somebody just pitched up, gave them money. Mm. Or somebody just phoned and said, I'm looking for you. I want to give you certain things. That's number one. Yeah. I want to also be very uh, clear or to just balance it uh, against irresponsible living. I was about to say that. Hmm? Yeah. Irresponsible living. Yeah. So you are now speaking fuel into your tank, Mm. but the way you run your finances in general is a bit shabby. Be careful. Mm. All right. You might be playing on the bounds of uh, foolishness there. Yeah. But let's not discount miracles. Okay. Let's not discount miracles. Mm. What is a miracle? A miracle is God breaking natural laws to do something. And guess what? God still performs miracles. Mm. Where is the balance now? You cannot leave everything on... Life can't be continuous miracle. Let me show you how. 
um, I need miracle money, so I don't work. Correct? Um, in fact, why do I need miracle money? I need miracle food. So I mustn't eat. I must just be full. Heck, I don't even need uh, to bath. Let me just be miraculously what? Clean. <laughs> hey, why do I need a wife to have children? Why can't I just have miracle? So, so then it, it takes out how God set for us Systems. To, to live. Yeah. So a miracle is God's response to a crisis. Yeah. But if you find out that in your life there's a continuous crisis, mm. then we have a problem. That is why sometimes you don't hear certain miracles repeating themselves necessarily yeah. in certain people. Yeah. Because, hey, every, every other day of the week, <laughs> you don't have fuel. Mm. So every, every week, God needs to, add, to pro- provide miraculously petrol, you know, every month. End. Hey, man, you need what? You need uh, rent. <laughs> you know, every month end. Mm. God has to miraculously provide rent. There's a problem there. Right? It means there, there are a lot of rules or a lot of systems rather that are being broken. So miracles come in as God's response to crisis. So let's come again. Sickness. You are sick today. You are healed. Same sickness tomorrow. Same sickness next week. Uh, maybe it's, uh, it's related to your, your, your diet or your hygiene. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we must be very careful there. Or even personal choices. Yeah. Not that I'm being judgmental. Right, but um, I I am a, a a junkie, or I'm sexually immoral, and I get certain sicknesses out of those, and then God heals me. As soon as I'm free, <laughs> my ulcers are gone. Mm. I want to go back to abusing alcohol again. Yeah, you see, I want to go look for another woman, and so forth and so forth and so forth. Remember the guy who Jesus healed, and he finds him later in the temple. Mm-hmm. He says a very interesting statement. See that you don't sin again, yeah. Yeah. otherwise something worse will happen to you. Yeah. So, guys, don't discount miracles, but be very worried if every single day and every aspect of your life is a miracle. Yeah. Okay? So that, that is the thing there. That's not how God intended for things to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my part two of that is, um, I, I know you can't, like, give, like, it can't be very prescriptive, but just... Mm. As a general rule, mm. should it be back to the car and the fuel example? Should my prayer be Mwaribaba's as I tank, or should be Lord, your word says you are my shepherd, therefore I shall lack no good thing? Like, does it always have to link back to the word, or we have creative license to just speak Chero? And if it if it if it aligns with His will, then it will happen. Supposing I've got a full tank and I'm always speaking and saying this is going to be an empty tank. Mm-hmm. This car always has an empty tank. Or suppose I've got a very speak and span car. And then I'm always speaking to this good car and saying, this car is going to break down. Mm. This car's got faults. This car's got issues. Um, would it be something very recommendable? Of course not. Mm. Right? So in the, in the opposite vein, suppose you've got something that's problematic, there is no problem with speaking the reality that you want to see. Okay. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, God was basically speaking the reality he desired to what? To see. see. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with speaking the reality that you want to see. In, in, In instances, like I'm now saying, God comes and boom, there's a miracle. But instead of saying, God, give me fuel, fill up my tank miraculously right now. Thank you, God, I never run out of fuel. Right. Thank you, God. I never run out of fuel. Thank you, God, that my business or my workplace never pays us late. <laughs> right. 
thank you god that my business is profitable mm. right already you are in keeping with how god has intended life oh. to be remember okay, okay. generally as a believer there's a problem when your needs are not met because god's intent is never for your needs not to be met matthew 6 if you seek first these things shall be added mm. philippians 4 don't be anxious about anything right make your requests known yeah to god right what does the bible say it says that is our shepherd we lack nothing uh, psalm chapter 34 no good thing will he withhold is it 34 or 37 uh, no good thing will he withhold yeah right uh, psalm chapter 84 is a sun and shield right uh, he gives grace and glory in fact no good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly that's that's the word of god yeah. so already generally the life of a believer is that his needs must be met generally mm. okay before we talk about speak it or not speak it already yeah. god's intent is this what are we saying now your words must just be in keeping with what god has said mm. as long as your words are in keeping with that as long as your mind and your work ethic or your deeds all of them are in keeping with that you'll be fine and when a miracle is needed because i promise you regardless of how speak and span your life is and how organized and orderly you are yeah. you might find out that um the flight has been delayed out of nothing that is a fault of your own but you need to be somewhere to sit in time god can perform a miracle yeah you see now awesome because of time we're going to have to wrap it up but thank you so much pc this has been very very eye opening very enlightening and some things that you said that have really stood out stood out for me uh that as a believer you don't have freedom of speech i think that is quite profound actually you don't have freedom of thought uh wow yeah that's definitely something to think about there um and then um uh, another thing that you said that i think is very important is just the whole aspect of prayer i think in our very pragmatic and practical world today we tend to to forget to pray especially mm. to pray for just you know just, just those things i i'm you know i tend to be quite a practical person in the way that i do things so you know often i just think you know i need to do this i make a plan you know and often just forget to say you know what but why why do, don't i pray for certain things or or things that i may think are too small for god mm. you know because then we tend to think you know i'm just going to pray i'm going to pray for the big things yeah but those small things you know we often just forget to say hey lord you know uh just to pray for those small things and the other thing that you said that i think is really important is that miracles still do happen mm-hmm. uh yeah i think those those are very 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 good points there that we we ought to remember and i think that we definitely ought to apply so so thank you for this i think there's a whole lot more to be said but of course this is all no we have time for today uh team mm-hmm. i don't know if you have anything no we can wrap it up thank you so much pc always mm. coming through with your not so pc statements but yep. <laughs> i think whenever people go back and study the word they were like oh okay yeah he had a point he had a point so we um are going to wrap it up here but thank you everyone for listening for joining us for yet another installment of reading culture if you have comments or thoughts or anything you want to say to us you can find us on facebook on instagram or you can email us but we would love to hear your thoughts your thoughts that are guided by god yes watch those thoughts then once you've thought properly then you can message us <laughs> all right <laughs> peace
Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.